0: This is episode number 134 of the Paleo Women
1: Podcast. Welcome to the Paleo Women Podcast. I'm your co-host, Noelle Tarr, a nutritional therapy practitioner and a certified personal trainer. And with me is my partner in crime, Stephanie Ruper author of the best-selling book, Sexy by Nature. This show is the place to be if you're a fan of moderately amusing banter and uninhibited real talk relating to health, nutrition, fitness, body image, and just about everything in between. While hanging out with us, please remember the information on this podcast is intended to provide helpful and informative material and should not be used in place of medical advice or treatment. Now, let's have some fun hey
0: good morning hey <laughs>
1: hi
0: hey hi. Um, I, have, I have this like sweet endearing way I say good morning now because that's how I say good morning to Stella I'm like good morning you know because she's like, Ooh, like she does these cute little stretches it's my fave it's my fave um, so now when I'm like now when I say good morning I'm like good morning to you but you probably don't need that same tone um hi hi how are you how are you doing there so you got the sleepies out of your eyes
2: man I am yeah so I literally I just woke up no I was like do you want to record I'm like (gasps) yeah yeah (laughs) yes I do um I'm I'm a bit of I'm a bit of a mess today oh no um, yeah well I spent all weekend at, at uh at a conference and It was, it's just, it takes so much emotional energy. It was like a networking event and you just have to like keep walking up to people in the middle of conversations and be like, hi, I'm Stephanie. And then you ask what they do and they ask what you do and you do it like a million times. And 90% of the time you hate the conversation you join and you want out immediately, but you don't know how to get out. And it was in this big bright room and I was finding a migraine the whole time and there were a couple of guys that I was trying to get to fall in love with me and so I needed to like still be charming and hang around even though I didn't want to uh <laughs> p.s. neither of them fell in love with me and then um yeah so the migraines were terrible I am staying with one of my best friends I love her so much and I've just been like a wreck to her apartment this morning like last night I broke a glass oh, no. um uh, I like I've been trying really really hard to be clean and I like made a mistake. I won't go into too many details. I don't like I don't know how much this audience wants to know about my life. But yeah, so I'm uh I'm, I'm I'm a little bit I'm a little bit dissatisfied with how I've performed over the course of the last <laughs> <laughs> a bunch of hours.
0: How you performed. Oh, you're so performance driven here. Hey, um, how did that that date go? Was it disappointing? <laughs> he was
2: he's amazing. Okay. He's stunning. I um stunning. It's everybody's bit be- as beautiful as he looks in his YouTube videos. By the way, he's famous, everybody. You might well, that. That him.
1: means you're a great pair because you're super famous. So he's he's much more famous than I am. That's a lot. Much more.
2: <laughs> much more. Like, yeah. hangs out with senators, more oh. famous. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> that's all I'll say. Much more famous than I am. Yeah, so I'm like small potatoes on his radar. Just, mm-hmm. I'm, and all weekend, it's really hard. I'm not used to being that, you know? I, I like to roll in. My yeah. whole life, my goal was, like, to roll into a space and be impressive. And here, everybody's like, you do nothing. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> that's true. And yeah. I, and And I don't just mean like you know health and podcast, but also like you know my my work and mm-hmm. at Oxford, you know anyway, so the the date was um was good uh, and I really enjoyed talking with him, but he's so busy and he's so emotionally committed to what he's doing, and that i i don't I don't think that he has the time to like. Even though i it would be really nice for him i don't I don't think he has the time for that sort of thing, so
0: mm. yeah, no, timing's not right.
2: Timing is never right <laughs> i've I've had one romantic endeavor work out over the course of the last ten years, um, but mm. he's been amazing, so i I can't complain.:
0: yay. So you're really okay. chatty. You're really chatty first thing in the morning. I wouldn't have thought that about you.
2: Well, I figured I should do my talking now because I'm going to be silent <gasps> yes for the
0: podcast Most, mostly. Yes. <laughs> I'm glad you're enjoying your time, though. I think uh, that's cool. You're going to be there eventually one day. I feel it in my heart.
2: Yeah, mm. I'm. I'm definitely not done with this place. You yeah. know, I, I, I'm. I'm currently. I'm in the midst of making plans to come back. So,
1: very nice. Um,
0: yeah, so we'll see. Very nice. And you, who, does your friend live in San Francisco?
2: Yeah, in the okay. in the heart of the city. Yeah. Wow, she works for Google. Oh,
0: that's why. I was like, yeah, that's <laughs> that's right there. We were we we almost moved there, and we realized we would be living far outside of the city if we did, um, because San San Fran. So. It's cool. It's area. remarkable.
2: I, um, you know, I've taken a thousand ride shares and every single driver I've had, cause that's like, there's so many Hills here. You can't, you can't get anywhere unless yeah. you call a car. Right. It's like, you have to. And it's like the tech, you know, whatever tech, tech, they do tech, tech. So um, every single driver I've had, I've told them, I've been like, yeah, I'm thinking of moving to the area. They, they, they like turn around and gasp They're like <gasps> in San Francisco. And I'm like, yeah, and they're like, you must have so much money. I know, like, yeah. My God, I—I I mean, I don't, <laughs> but I—I I, I think I could maybe pull it off. So we'll see.
0: Yeah. Would you try to yeah. work for Google as well, or?
2: No, I'm. Uh, no, I'm never gonna have a job again. I know.
0: So I was stubborn. just trying to.
2: Yeah. I, I'm yeah. like laying here. I'm Layed like exhausted. <laughs> it's 11 a.m. Like I can't. I can't I work for somebody. I'm
0: never so gonna have, have a job that. again. That was cute. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is, our, this is our lives now. So um, over here, thank you for jumping on the call with me at such a moment's notice, Steffi, because this is my life now. I'm like, yes, I just fed her. She just went down. I have an hour, you know. Um, but it's getting better. It's definitely getting better. Uh, she's doing good today. I actually have somebody helping me at the house which is fantastic, for the next three weeks while we finish a large manuscript. And I can get things flowing again with my business. Um, And like I said last week, we've totally turned a corner and she's super cute. She's like in this super cute... And I know I was said I'm like, I'm not going to call her cute. But that was more like when she's not a baby. Like, babies are cute, folks. They are... That is why you love them so much when they are screaming. Um, It's because they're just so darn cute. So she's in this hilarious little phase where she like she'll start she started singing with me and talking back to me and so I started singing the song to her and I sing it to her now it's like one song she loves Um, and I when I sing to her she she like starts to move her mouth and like make these little cooing sounds and she never does it any other time other than when I sing to her so we sing together now which yeah I'm a mom Uh, (laughs) this is these are the things now that i'm like oh she sang with me and i like text everybody the video and i'm like oh my gosh this is amazing um <laughs> <laughs> it's like that's my life now so but i love it it's great so we finally turned a corner and i'm not like you know hating my life this is good yeah this was, is good. I was a little worried <laughs> it was a really rough i don't yeah i i again, I, but I, you know, I talk to a lot of people, and a lot of people are like, oh, I hope she doesn't have colic. My kid had that, and it was the worst. I'm like, no, 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 we're beyond, we're beyond colic. Like, colic is apparently if they cry for, like, three hours a day at one time, three times a week. And I'm like, mm, that's pretty much, like, double that every day. But, it, I mean, it was, it was a really, really rough few weeks. I mean, I couldn't, we still, to this day, she's about eight weeks, and we still cannot take her out Um Of the house because she needs to be entertained, um and so like you know I I do I constantly am changing the things. So like when I have her in the rock and play or whatever, like she'll chill there for twenty minutes, and then she's like, "Mm, I'm bored. So then I like pick her up and we walk around, and then she's like, Oh, this is fun, and then she's like, "Mm, No, this isn't fun anymore. So I have to like switch it up. So like if we go out. Um, you know, and I have her like I'm wearing her in the carrier. Like after 20 minutes, it's like fussy pants, and so like we're like, all right, what do you know? So I can't really. So I go out when she's asleep on me, but she does, you know, she's not sleeping a ton. She sleeps great at night. She slept six hours straight last night. It was what? amazing. It was amazing. Um, but then she, didn't, <laughs> the rest of the night was a little rough. But you know, it. it she sleeps great at night, not necessarily during the day, and it's really hard to coordinate those naps with the times you want to do things like record a podcast. So she right. went down a little late today, and I was like, oh, can we do this right now, please? Yeah. So my life. So it's cool. And I just want to, you know, put it out there to folks that you can hate the newborn stage. It's okay. Like, it's it's cool to, like, not be in love with newborns and to be like, I can't wait till, you know. He or she can actually look at me and see me. And I think that that was the problem, too, is that, you know, when they uh, come out, uh, they're not like, they can't see everything very well. And they can't see things that are, uh, I mean, they really can only see fuzzy things that are really close to their face. And so they have a really hard time entertaining themselves. Um, and so, and, and it's really hard. I mean, especially if you're you have sleep exhaustion. And like I said last week, there's that fine line between, you know not sleeping and depression. And so many women struggle with baby blues and postpartum depression. And I think it is a lot of it is exacerbated by, you know, sleep deprivation. And there was a week where my husband went out of town. He went out of town on week four, Um, four and a half. It was the worst week of my life. I'm not going to lie i have never cried so much and it was because i could not get her to go down and so i literally only got like an hour or two of sleep um for a couple nights in a row and i thought i was like gonna die um i literally was like this is i don't want to do this anymore you know i need to this i need help like what, what were we thinking like so and so once he came home it was great he he helped me out and i got caught up on sleep and it felt i felt like a completely different person so single moms like Probably the rock stars of the universe, because I don't know how anybody could do this by themselves, for one. Um, or with, like, an unsupportive partner, which I know that can kind of be a thing. Or a very busy partner, you know, who's traveling a lot and um, can't necessarily help out at night. I mean, we're we definitely a team at night, which he may join us for the podcast uh, today, if I can get him up here. Um, he's actually home from work today, so I may have him chat a little bit about being a good support person. But, um gosh this is the hardest job in the world i'm not gonna lie i'm just excited for it every week because it gets a little bit easier every week so you know and some people don't have you know hard kids they have chill babies and then but i feel like i feel like i hear about that all the time and i don't hear about the the moms who struggled you know like uh, i'm like uh, i've been texting all my friends that first week or two and i'm like is this normal? Like, is it normal to feel like, like, I don't want to do this anymore. And I am like crying all the time. Like, is that because you know, y'all know, I don't, I'm not a high cry. I'm not a crier. Very, you know, I don't cry very much. Um, and so you know, I got a lot of supportive people that were texting me back and saying yes, and I dealt with depression or I dealt with baby blues or you know I was I cried a lot or weeks two to three to four were the hardest of my life and that sort of thing so it was it was very helpful once I realized I wasn't like an anomaly and like this wasn't like you know I wasn't a crazy person um and that everybody kind of goes through that but uh so any new moms out there if you feel like you're you're questioning what the heck you did to your life weeks two and three and four like totally normal Um, It's a lot, especially if you have a very fussy kid that doesn't stop crying because it's very hard to connect with a I mean, of course, you do in certain ways, but it's very hard to enjoy it once you're sleep deprived and you have a kid who cries and doesn't sleep constantly. So um, totally normal. You can send me a message and I'll send you encouraging words back because that's what got me through those few weeks was like, okay, I am. This is normal. And I just just have to make it through the next day. It's just like, okay. Let's just get through tomorrow, you know. Let's just make it, like, make it to tomorrow and then say, okay, one day And Every day gets a little bit better, so. So, I should probably start talking about the finishing finishing up the, the birth story, huh? Do you have anything yes, to, do you think to add um, or discuss about Paleo for Women? Because that is still happening and going on, I'm sure, as a blog. Yo, it is. Yo. Yeah, I'm
2: actually, uh, <laughs> yo, I'm... <laughs> I'm really excited. I'm going to bring a couple more people on and you might not notice, um, like I don't have any overt things coming out, but we're going to maybe change a little bit the way things function and the way stuff looks. Yeah. So, um, that's pretty exciting. And maybe even have, um, you know, get a little bit more variety in the kinds of blog posts that are coming out. I might also, um, in the near future, um, be bringing on a couple of um, people who I've been talking with for years, um, you know, to be consultants, both in the realm. I have a licensed psychologist who um, will be taking uh, patients with you know, problems with their relationships with food and, um, a woman who has been on the team for quite a while, who just finished her NTP training. And actually, I think she was in a master's program and, uh, she's going to be consulting on stuff like PCOS. So, um, wonderful, many, many things. Yeah. But like months, you know, (laughs) unfolding slowly over the course of months.
0: Yeah. You'll have to add that to your PCOS unlocked, um, program like if you actually have you know like this is a little bit of business advice excuse me uh <laughs> hey all you listening hold on for a second let me just talk to steph um so i would you know, your your program i would make sure you add that into your program so like you know when people take your program and then they're like i need more one-on-one help you can be like and here's your here's your person or here's how you could work yeah, one-on-one
2: absolutely and we yeah. might um do some sort of package deal. You know? Yeah. You'll get a discount Packages. if you already purchase the program. Yeah. I Well, when I was consulting personally, I did that. If people had already purchased um, my programs, then they got a discount on it. Yeah, you
0: consulting. could, like, the premium package could be, you know, one hour plus the program. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, birth. Oh, uh, um, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> oh, you have more? i like, well... Talk in the, to me. In the, no, in the
2: short amount of time before Noel's uh, birth experience, and in all of the time after it, I have zero times asked Noel for business advice. But just so <laughs> you know, audience, like I miss it so desperately. I just like sit over here and I pretend like I'm fine, but I need Noel. Dude, you could so this.
0: Just text this me. This is so nice. Yes. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. No, no, no. Like, text me for for reals. I I like need to have normalcy in my life. Um. Now, now it's okay. getting a little crazy. But when I was like really breastfeeding her a lot and like bored, I would I was like, oh, what am I going to research today? But now it's more like we're very efficient with our breastfeeding. Um, we did have a tongue tie surgery release. I think I might have talked about that, but we had that uh, a few days ago. So hopefully that'll help with the fussiness and the gas and the colic and all the things. And she can, she's she's I'm yeah. She, we have very short times of breastfeeding now, but it's not. And I'm usually like trying to eat at the same time, so I don't ha- quite have the free time. But now, girl, I'm all yours. Yay! Well, no. <laughs> Yay! It- it's getting better. It's getting every day's getting better. Um, yeah, we'll have like set hours. I'll be like, this is her nap time. You can just text me during this time. Um, okay. Is that it? Do you need any anything else? We're good. To say
1: wonderful. We have a brand new offer from Paleo Valley to share with you that we are incredibly excited about. Paleo Valley not only offers Grass-Fed Organ Complex, a gently freeze-dried organ supplement in pill form that contains beef liver, heart, brain, and kidney, they also offer high-quality snacks and collagen supplements on their website. Now when you use the promotion code PaleoWomen at checkout, you'll get 30% off your entire order. You can try their grass-fed beef sticks, which are made from 100% grass-fed beef, preserved through a natural fermentation process that gives probiotics to the sticks, or their superfood bar, which is made with grass-fed collagen. To take advantage of this special deal, simply go to paleovalley.com and use the code PALEOWOMEN, all one word, no spaces, at checkout. Again, that's paleovalley.com. You can check the show notes for more information.
0: Okay, so last so last week, I am in this uh, podcast going to talk about the entirety of the birth story. Last week, we talked a little bit about um, just you know what how I made my decisions, why I made my decisions. You know, why I'm supportive of an unmedicated birth and why I chose that not to say that, you know, if your birth experience didn't include that, it is invalid or minus superior. OK, we're just going to get that out there. But I do know that a lot of women, uh, you know, that's a desire of them is, or they have that desire is to have, you know, an, an un- unmedicated birth or at least be able to prepare to have that. Um, it's okay if, you know, you go in preparing to have that and then things change. But, you know, a lot of women want to do everything they can to prepare um, to have an unmedicated birth. And I would completely and 100% support that. And then always, you know, have your your reasons and have that kind of those situations in your head. Like, okay, if this comes up, if if I've stalled, if I'm exhausted, and I think that, you know, a little bit of pain medication is going to help the situation progress and it's going to, you know, maintain um, the ability for me to, you know, give birth vagin- vaginally, then, then that's the position that will move forward with that. So I, you know, that was kind of uh, my thought process. I really had done everything I could to kind of protect. E- the the birthing process and, and prepare and to be able to have an unmedicated birth and a vaginal birth. Um, and I wouldn't have done anything different because exactly how I prepared, I, you know, if I hadn't prepared the way that I did, I don't think that it would have all turned out that way. So preparation can absolutely result in what you desire. It's never going to be exactly what you want or what you envisioned because there's no way to know, you know, what's going to happen throughout this experience, but you can, you can prepare for those times. Um, and those uncertain situations, you can prepare and have those decisions made ahead of time by educating yourself on both, you know, the stages of labor, what is going to be presented to you and what are the the benefits and the risks of, of those, what is what is presented to you. So I do, uh, last week I didn't quite mention this, but I had a great great hospital that I gave birth in. I was required to give birth in the hospital because I had some complications with an external version done um, at 37, exactly 37 weeks. So I had that external version is where somebody turns your baby (laughs) from a breached position head up and to a head-down position from the outside. Um, It was intense. I talked about it a little bit a few weeks ago, but I did have just a little bit of spotting during that, and so I was monitored in the hospital for 48 hours after that. And my midwives were like, hey, I think it would be best if you gave birth in the hospital so we can do some intermittent monitoring of the baby's heart rate um, while you're giving birth. And I said, I totally agree. I think it'll be great. Um, And so the hospital that is associated with my birth center is amazing. They have a beautiful birthing suites. They have showers in there. They have birthing balls. They have a rocking chair. Um, it's It's a really, really good setup. And I felt so comfortable with it because i had been there before um and you know i was i was monitored in there when after the version and so like i had it was great for me to be able to kind of understand where i was going and what i was doing and what tools i would have to me so i'd highly recommend you make sure that you get acquainted with a hospital and look this was this was not the closest hospital to my house this is the hospital that's an hour away and there's like three within a few blocks of me so in downtown so um you know it's worth it. Believe me, it is worth it to get into a system and to, into a hospital that is aligned more with your views. Um, the nurses there were amazing. They never, um, you know, pushed anything on me and my midwife ran the show and they get it in that hospital. They're like, yep, this is your deal. You run the show. So, um, and the, and the nurses there were great anyway. Um, you know, I, I had a great experience with all of them. So, Uh, last week we talked about how I was in labor for days and days and days, although they kind of call it false labor. It's, it's a prodromal labor, um, where you have exactly what contractions are, um, but they are, they come on and off and it can be really exhausting and sure enough it was. And so I, you know, I was just kind of by, so Monday we had our 41 week appointment and then, um, I went into labor right after that what it, what I would consider to be actual labor that was doing things. And so, um, and leading up to that, I had, just as a recap, I was having these contractions. I was trying to, like, breathe through them and trying to make them turn into something and make sure that they stayed close together. And when I told my midwife that at my 41-week appointment, she said, stop doing that immediately and just rest because there's nothing you can do to keep labor going, you know, if it's real late, like if it's not real labor. And so she said, this is, you know, you're feeling real, very real contractions and it's it's stuff that is absolutely leading into labor for you, but it's not resulting in anything. Um, so just go with the flow. And then I lost control and sobbed and sobbed that night. And because my labor had picked back up and I thought it was, again, the, the false, not so false false contractions and my husband allowed me to cry on his shoulder forever and um you know i come at that moment something clicked and i completely changed the way that i dealt with the contractions i said you know what i'm just gonna carry on uh you know it's gonna be slightly uncomfortable and it was um you know it's gonna be slightly uncomfortable but look i'm gonna just you know breathe through it you know and and not Kind of just let it exist with it, as opposed to like trying to to get through it. And and, because they, if I really, really um, had applied what I was had learned and stuff, you know, I, I realized it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't pain I was feeling. It was, and this is this is you know my approach to birth was to not see the pain as pain, but to allow these this tightness, this intensity, to happen to me so that it could do what it needed to do, and so. Throughout that entire night, my immediately when I'd start to feel a contraction, I would almost have a reverse reaction in my body where I would completely relax. And I would just, if I needed to breathe a little heavier or a little quicker, I would. But for the most part, I just kept my same breath. Um, I squeezed my husband's hand just to kind of get my mind off of the tightness that was ha- happening elsewhere but I just allowed the tightness to kind of take over, relaxed every other part of my body and let that contraction, that tightness, that pulling, which is pulling the cervix open, do exactly what it needed to do. Um, I will say, I probably, I kind of, you know, it's this weird phenomenon that happens, but I, phenomenon that happens, but I um, I completely forget. (laughs) I really don't remember the pain. I remember, you know, what I was thinking at the time, but i man your body is like okay bye like i just don't remember the the pain i remember it being the most intense pain i've ever felt but i i can't um i can't tell you like i i i think i'm going to romanticize it just a little bit um and maybe my husband can be like uh no you were that that was pretty painful for you but um and and that's kind of a cool thing that our body does to protect us so that we'll do it again but um so i you know, while I say, oh, it wasn't that painful, it probably was a little intense while I was at home, but I just, you know, I was thinking about it differently um, and letting it do what it needed to do. So had that, that very relaxed early labor throughout the entire night, didn't really think I was in labor until, um, you know, we started really timing them. And this is another thing that I want people to hear me say, um, you know, your midwife will say they need to be four or five minutes apart for an hour. Um, sorry. Four, yeah, four to five minutes apart, a minute long for an hour. Uh, that I never had that. Mine were always sporadic. They were always like sometimes seven, sometimes three, then we'd go back to four, then we'd go back to three, then we'd go back to six. And so every time it went back up above five, I was thinking, oh, this isn't anything. This isn't anything. I shouldn't, you know, we're not, nothing's happening. Um, and so what I would do, highly, highly recommend using a an app to time your contractions because what we were seeing was that on average my contractions were about four and a half to five minutes apart and so once we saw that i was like hmm, maybe i should call the midwife and so then that's when we did otherwise i probably would have just been chilling at home um and and would have been ended up being in the car at a very very rough time so that we, i'm happy we made that decision so anyway so once we you know, started to see this average. We decided to hop in the car. The pain, the pain was pretty bad in the car because I was sitting and bouncing. Uh, we got to the um, got to the hospital. And another thing to think about is sometimes hospitals will triage you, meaning you just get put into like a waiting room area so that they can check you. Um, not not this hospital, which is great. Uh, I just literally, you know, fi- I told this last week but I was in the uh, wheelchair and walking pushing the wheelchair myself so that I could have something to lean over onto um and finally my husband was like get in the wheelchair so I got in the wheelchair and then they pushed me into the room and once I was in there um I set everything up they kind of just treated me like hey this is your this is your birthing suite you know get prepared we plugged in our music and um you know laid everything out and my husband unloaded all the pillows um all the things that i wanted all of our food and um we just hung out there my midwife was there to meet me and she said hey and she said you know and i was allowed to wear whatever i wanted to wear so i had ordered um what was i wearing i can't remember i i think i had ordered some little thing to wear um that was much more comfortable and yes i did and um And so I was, you know, wearing that, wearing my own clothes. I, you know, it felt very comfortable. And my midwife was like, let me check you. And she's like, oh, you're seven centimeters. Great work. So that was cool. So I was like, great, we're doing something. So then we told everybody. And, um, so I, you know, oh my gosh, it all kind of runs together. Um, so, so we, so I had these contractions for, uh, Probably like early labor contraction. So, you know, there's early labor and then there's something called active labor, labor. Um, and so by the time I got to the hospital, I was in active labor, which is exactly what your midwives want. They want you to show up when you're in active labor, as does the hospital, um, because then they know it's not going to die away and you're actually doing things. And um, you'll typically be around four to five centimeters at that point, And your contractions will be a minute long, four minutes apart. <laughs> So um, so by the time I was I was well into active labor and then the last stage is pushing um, and end of active labor is this transition stage where it gets really intense. So um, so throughout um, active labor, um, you know. One of the things I really loved about the hospital was the the hospital bed. Um, they have these really cool setups where you can. So if you're thinking about if you're laying on the bed, the bed actually drops down um, at waist level and becomes like two different levels. So you have this higher level and this lower level. And so we dropped down that lower level and I pretty much went through most of most of active labor sitting so like sitting up with my feet down on this lower bed Um, and that was really the only position that I felt comfortable in which is again not what I was thinking I was thinking I was going to be walking around and trying to move a lot maybe laying on my side and no I could I just like every time I tried to move I thought I was going to be squatting too because of course I mean duh like you know I work out um, and I squat all the time no I had no desire I like that was the lot I tried to actually get in that position and my because my midwife was like, why don't you try squatting? And I'm like, hell no, like, it just did not feel good. I can't explain it. But I was like, this it just feels worse. And so I, I was asking my midwife, you know, what do I do? And she was like, just get into the position that feels the least, um, you know, painful. And I was like, okay, so you know, that was sitting up. So throughout a lot of that active, active labor, you um, you know, I was talking to people still. My doula was there, which she was fantastic, and she just kind of was there encouraging me and stuff. Um, I I actually hired the doula, and I thought my husband would, would be, you know, just doing this for me. Um, but I actually did not want to be touched whatsoever during labor. Um, and so nor did I want anybody really asking me questions, like, you know, I don't know, talking too much. I was fine chatting to people and stuff, but I just... I don't know. I just, this, I thought I, again, I thought I was going to want people to like be massaging my back and everything. And my doula, bless her, she, she came in. And once she got there, she was kind of like, she tried to come and like massage my shoulders or something. And I was like, please stop touching me. Um, and again, I surrounded myself with people who I could be direct with because I am a direct person. And so she took it very well. And she's like, okay, you tell me what to do and I'm going to do whatever you need. So um, she was in charge of, uh, you know, just, anything that we needed getting ice making you know making sure that we had essential oils getting any sort of extra snacks or anything like that for us and so she was great um she really helped during the pushing phase so i went through this kind of active labor uh phase sitting up um you know chatting i still felt comfortable it was still pretty intense by that point i was having to actually stop and breathe through and make more of like loud sounds um not screaming but just you know being vocal through through the more intense parts and i was hooked up and i was they were doing intermittent monitoring and which was fine and so she was doing great um and i Uh, so at one point I said you know they're like what do you want to get up and walk around do you want to try to jump in the shower and I was like I don't know and that was one of the great things about the nurse was that she was kind of like hey you know this is you can use this you can do this why don't you try this and so she was kind of just presenting options to me and I was like let me just let me just get in the shower and I did (laughs) I think I mentioned this last week So unfortunately, the shower is like super, super small. And I get it because it's like a hospital. They're not going to have these big, luxurious showers. But I got in the shower and I realized quickly that my, um, you know, my hair was getting soaking wet. And I was like, I'm just going to take a shower. And I said, you know, I was like, I called my husband. I said, hey, could you just get the shampoo and conditioner? Because I had packed all that stuff so that I could shower there afterwards. And I said, just give me the shampoo and conditioner and let me just take a shower. So I took a shower and they all stood outside and kind of, like, talked and chatted. And my husband was there and just kept coming and saying, hey, do you need me to do anything? Do you need anything else? And I was like, no, because I was having still pretty intense contractions. Um, There was a little chair in there. And I was trying to sit down or like bear down on the chair when I had it when I was having them. But that was actually really, really great. I, I loved just kind of I don't know, not thinking about it um, and kind of doing something normal during it. And and which was kind of nice, because I think if you if you sit there and you're like, I'm having a contraction and now I'm not, I'm having a contraction and I'm not. It gets really monotonous. And like, all you think about is contraction. So it was kind of nice to have the shower and to be doing the things and then to be like, I just need to get out. So I got out. um, And, you know, that was almost a good half an hour, 45 minutes and kind of waddled back to the the uh, the labor and delivery bed. Um, things were progressing well. We got to a point where I said, and again my whole my whole the whole time I'm thinking, you know, I need to stop, I need to let the contraction completely happen to me. I mean, even though we were in active labor, I was still doing the exact same thing, so I'd stop, I would allow that contraction to happen to me, not stop it, um, you know, exist with it, I would follow it. so I talked about this last week, but what really helped me during each contraction was following it, so I would Um, it would start to feel the contraction around her so it basically squeezed her and I'd actually feel it in my stomach and I could feel the shape of her body Um, and so that contraction would squeeze around her then I could feel the kind of the burning and the tightness on my cervix and then um, and then it would move to my back and so I'd follow it and I knew once it got to my back that was the highest point and so you know That I was just doing that the entire time just thinking let the contraction do what it needs to do breathe through it relax um I got to a point where I was like, okay, I don't really want to talk anymore (laughs) through like in between the contractions. So one of the things that I learned in mindful birthing was to really allow yourself to enjoy and relax in between the contractions and rest. So uh, your body produces endorphins, it produces oxytocin. um, And so it allows you to kind of enjoy your time in between your contractions with some of this, these pain relieving, you know, wonderful chemicals. And so I was doing that, but I didn't quite feel like I needed to just completely relax um, in between them because I was kind of doing that during them. And so I was kind of enjoying my conversations with the nurse. Um, I genuinely enjoy the the nurse. I love, love, love my little wife. Again, a very wonderful woman that... It's exactly what I needed. She's very direct. I'm very direct. So we like could we just spoke the exact same language. um And and so she was there and, you know, she was in and out, but she was definitely in a lot more and, and you know, talking to me as I was getting a little bit further along. And so while I was in there, um, I, I eventually got to a point where I said I need to stop talking in between contractions. And so I told my husband that and then he told everybody else I was like, OK, we got to stop talking. And um, Or, you know, communicating with her, and let's just talk very softly if we need to communicate with each other. And so, um, and one of the cool things about these suites too, is they had, like, dimmers, so the room could be pretty dark, which, again, very nice. Nobody wants hospital lights in their face when they're, like, trying to give birth. So, kept the lights dim, um, had the essential oils things, the lavender was really helping me, and so in between the contractions, I was just keeping my eyes closed, smelling the lavender and trying to really take deep like cleansing breaths that allowed me just to and even my doula even kind of was like Noel, you need to take some deep cleansing breaths in between, like don't don't allow your body to tense up. Just let, you know, la- let yourself keep allowing that to that relaxation to happen. And so got to that point where I was like this is so intense that I really need my rest in between. And um and so I I started getting really <laughs> uncomfortable uh i'll I'll probably be honest it was pretty painful and um one of the cool things about this i just again these labor and delivery beds they're cool Um, so i flip i decided that i wanted to try to change positions because i was just really uncomfortable and so it was just me and my husband in there and my doula and she was like well why don't you just you know flip on all fours put your knees down on the bottom part, part and have your elbows up on the top part and i said cool so i flipped down I um, had a contraction immediately. It was way more intense and worse. And so I was, but you know, when you're in the middle of a contraction, you can't move. So I was like, boom, it came. I was just like in like a lot of pain. And then my water broke and it just went everywhere. <laughs> it was like the most surprising experience of my life. Um, and I think it was, be- you know, it was really intense because um, it was happening during contraction. And it was at that moment that I realized things happened on my hands and knees. I was like, okay, so this is probably a good position, although it's incredibly painful. Um, so my water broke, tons of water. It was all clear, which is great. Um, and so, again, a good sign and that she was doing well and that she was healthy. And um, and so uh, my husband was kind of like, okay. Like, I mean, it just like took us – we were all just like shocked because I'm just not even kidding. It just was just like this – water balloon and it just went everywhere and we were like all of us were like uh uh, I guess this is normal and so um a lot in my water was a lot of her uh a lot of the vernix which is just a coating that is on uh babies' bodies to protect them because they're living in water so uh, a lot of the vernix was coming out too and so I was like it will, like get me out of this like i don't want to be like you know because i was like kneeling and i was like mm, let me jump up to this this top portion and so like i kind of jumped up to the top portion and had my hands over the top of the um the bed and had an- immediately had another contraction i just like remember being very vocal about it and just all of a sudden being like i've got to sit back i got to turn back around and sit back down um, and so the doula went and grabbed my midwife and said hey water broke well you know the coolest thing about my the coolest thing about <laughs> excuse me about midwives in general is that they're pretty chill you know and it's it's amazing to be feeling this like chaos inside of you uh, but yet to have these midwives who are just so, or even doctors who are just so chill about it because they see this a lot so my midwife came in and was literally like oh yeah yeah your water did break great looks great you know it was just like cool and I was like oh yeah, this is crazy I'm dying you know and so she was just like yeah great job um and so they were like okay well let's you know clean it up or whatever so because you have like these I don't know absorbing pads down and so we switched them out and I flipped back over and so from then on out I like was in a phase transition phase <laughs> where um I was in a lot of, you know, very intense, in a lot of pain, and so I was sitting on this, uh, they had put pads, again, underneath me, and every time I had a contraction, uh, more of of her waters would come out, more of the vernix would come out, and so it was just constantly, like, oh, like, cha- let's change the pad again, I don't want to sit in this, like, it was just, so I was, like, constantly, like, I'd have a contraction, I'd be, like, I want to change, I need to be sitting on something dry, and so we'd switch it out, and so, again, that's where my doula came in handy, and you know, my husband was helping, but it was mostly the doula and, and the uh, my midwife were taking care of it. So my midwife was actually um, managing, uh, like, another woman uh, next door. And so she was kind of going back and forth. And at this point, my midwife just kind of hung out in my room. And I remember being in transition and, and again, th- assuming that I was in transition. And after the water broke and, and I had some more contractions, my midwife, I remember opening my eyes, and my midwife was sitting there um on the in the rocking chair with her feet up on the birthing ball just rocking back and forth like almost like she was taking a nap like i'm not kidding like everybody was just so calm and i'm like i am in turmoil and so like i just remember thinking this is kind of cool. Like, I mean, I can, I'm allowed to kind of do whatever I want and nobody's like phased by it, you know, which was kind of cool because I did feel a little self-conscious about being in a hospital with a lot of people who could hear me and I was being very vocal. Um, and so like, she was just chilling. So she, I said, you know, what, you know, what's going on? What do you think? And she was like, I'm just kind of sitting here waiting for you to make a certain sound. And I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll let you, like, you just let me know when you hear that. So, um, she decided to check me again. I was like somewhere between eight or nine um and that was really the only other check that she did and besides you know once once she heard the sound, um which I'm guessing is some bearing down grunting sound that she eventually heard but um so I was kind of sitting there and started kind of assessing the time i'm sh- I'm sh- it was probably around like two thirty or three at this point point. and um and she was like, okay, you're between 8 and 9. And, you know, so it's just a little bit more work to do. But, you know, you're doing great and all the things. And, you know, very encouraging. And so she, she was kind of hanging out there with me. My nurse was in and out. She was you know, putting, hooking up the monitoring for a few minutes and then you know, I was able to have 40 minutes off and then hooking it back up for 20 minutes and then having it off for 40 minutes. And so that was kind of nice. Um, so she was kind of in and out and talking to me. Um, she was very hands off though, which was very nice. She didn't try to push anything on me. She didn't, um, I don't know, try to make suggestions or anything. She was just like, you're doing great. And then she would leave, which was fine because she could tell I was over supported, you know, with my doula and midwife and stuff. Um, And so and so, finally, I guess I kind of made a sound. I I don't know. I remember uh, specifically just feeling very intense pain. And all of a sudden, like, I, like, screamed. But it was a very cleansing scream. Like, it just felt really good to do it. Again, I didn't realize I would be that. I mean, I thought I'd probably be pretty vocal. But mm, I was, like, really vocal. And then um, so I let out this, like, really big scream. And my husband, after I did that, my husband was like, Whoa. Like, yeah, I don't know where that came from, but it felt really good to do it and he was like, Okay. And so (laughs) then my midwife came in and she's like, I'm hearing good sounds and I was like, Okay, great. Um, you know, and she and I said I said, Is it really loud? Like, can everybody hear it? And she was like, Don't worry about it. They're used to it. They're fine and I was like, But what about the girl next to me? And she's like, Yeah, she she she's She's, she said, You're okay. She's I asked her if she was okay with it, and she said she was okay with it. I was like, okay. So, um so anyway, so I kept being very vocal. My midwife again sitting there on the rocking chair, rocking back and forth, me still trying to relax between in the middle of these contractions, but that had pretty much gone out the window by that point. And so what the only thing that I could do was I felt like I needed to um kind of grab something, like grab somebody's shoulders and pull down. And so I told my husband to come over and just let me experiment with his body. And so he would put one leg up on the hospital bed, allow me to kind of grab his shoulders from behind. And every time a contraction would come, I would just like pull down into him um, and he would get in my ear and either, you know, pray or tell me to can like keep continuing to cue me to just breathe because I was like losing control of my breath. And so he was like, no, 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 like take deeper breaths, deeper breaths. And so, um, so it was like this constant, like, then I would lay back down. Then I would all of a sudden start to feel it again. I'd be like, Ken, come back. And so he would come back. And then, boom, I would start again. So we were just, you know, people were just kind of going back and forth. And sometimes I would have two contractions right in a row. And he was like, is it happening again? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> he was like, okay. And so, like, he'd get back into his position. Um, and so we kind of did that. And I did lots of screaming. And then, you know, my midwife was like, um, She's like, let me check you again. And and I think because she heard the sounds or whatever, all of a sudden I started to feel like I needed to bear down. Um, and she checked me again and she said I was 10 centimeters, but that there was this little kind of, I don't know, part of my cervix that hadn't completely gone around um Stella's head and so it was still like a little bit of a lip there and she said you're, you're you're at 10 centimeters but there's a little lip there let me see if you know when you have a contraction if I can just kind of push it back um, and so I started having a contraction and immediately told her to get her hand out of my vagina like I could not have like it could not have been any more painful so I realized that I was probably slowing down the process but whatever we've I knew we'd figure it out and so um she was so she had kind of cued me like, you know, why don't you just take a few a few more of these contractions? And then I was starting to kind of feel a little pushy. And she was like, why don't you just experiment with, you know, trying to kind of bear down and push? And so I, I did. And I was, again, still in this sitting position, which I did not expect to be in. Um, and I started looking at the clock and I said, OK, so we're kind of in this pushing phase. How long do you think? And she's like, mm an hour it should be about an hour I'm like how can we get that done faster she was like well you can be really really good at pushing you know and I was like okay that's what we're gonna do and, and uh, that did not happen by the way um, and so I was struggling big time because every time I would push and this is this is my word of advice to folks um prepare for the pushing please like I don't know do some research figure it out figure out what's happening uh, you know I had no for some reason I'd always heard from people, That the pushing phase is like this joyous, wonderful time where it's not as painful, but you feel like you're really doing good work or you feel like you're actually getting things done. And um, I hated it. It was it was the most intense pain I have ever felt in my entire life. And I can I do clearly remember being in intense pain. Um, And the problem was, is that when I was pushing I felt like I was creating this pain. I was, because uh, I was, you know, every time I pushed, the pain would get w- really severe and I was, and I would stop myself. Whereas before with the contractions, contractions happen to you. And so like I was kind of letting them happen to me, but I was really having a hard time pushing and pushing through this pain that I was creating. And I don't know. I just thought it was going to be this easy thing. And so I kept telling her, I said, it really, really hurt. And she goes, yeah, it's a, it's, that's, that's what's happening you know your baby's head is there and so like that that's yes it's not going to feel good and i'm like but i had always heard that pushing was supposed to be easy and she's like i don't know where you heard that but this is the hardest part and i was like okay well i don't know how to get through this i said i i said what if i don't push and she said then it's gonna take a little bit longer to get your baby out and i was like i don't know what to do and she's like why don't we jump on the toilet so she was like why don't we let's walk over to the toilet and i'm like i don't want to move and she's like no 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 we're gonna go over to the toilet so we went over to the toilet and she's like this will really help you figure out how to push it's gonna really get it so that you you can get you know it's effective um And so, sure enough, I started pushing, and um, I pushed correctly for, like, maybe five seconds or whatever, and then we waited for a second contraction to come, and a second contraction came, and I bared down and immediately sprung off and up off the toilet and my husband was right beside me, holding my hand, and like he jumped up with me, and I was like, "I cannot do that again!" Like, and I just freaked out because it was it was so effective. And I think that's probably when her head moved past that little lip or whatever she was talking about. But it was so effective that like it just shocked me, um, and so I jumped up and was kind of like, "I can't do this anymore." And they were like, "Okay, okay, that's fine. We'll go. Let's go back to the bed." And I don't remember saying this, but my midwife said this. She said. That I said something like I just suck at this, and she thought that was so funny. She looked at my duel and thought that was so funny because she was like, she has no idea what I do for a living. She has no idea that I'm into fitness. She has no idea that I'm like this performance driven, you know, business oriented person. And she was like, Can we not be performance oriented during birth? Can we just like give yourself a break? <laughs> and I was, I, but I didn't hear her say any of that. So anyway, um, I got back to the uh, bed and decided that while it was. Terribly painful that I was going to stay on all fours, and so again my knees were below my elbows. Um, I had a bunch of pillows that I would grab onto and kind of like put my face into while I was pushing, so that I could, I guess, I don't know, suffocate myself. Uh, really, I was just trying to like forget that I was pushing, and um and so you know my midwife was very matter of fact. I would push a couple times, and then she'd be like she would check me she would kind of she'd be like okay yep you're doing it this is good like this is this is exactly what you want do a couple more of those and so we would do a couple more of those and she'd be like yep your baby's head is right there And for some reason, I always thought of, like, the pushing phase as, like, okay, you start pushing, and then your baby's head kind of starts to crown shortly thereafter, and then you have to kind of do some pushes, and your baby's head comes further and further out. Well, no, it was about an hour of nothing, of, like, no head showing, of me just pushing and feeling intense pain, and, like, not knowing, you know, like, not having sort of these markers of, like, am I doing, you know, where is she now, and so my midwife kind of learned that I needed that, and I don't know. I just, I guess, I didn't realize there was this vaginal canal that needed the baby needed to go down before. Um, and so she was, my midwife is very matter of fact. She kept her hands off of me for the most part, but she was just like, "Okay, yep, you've you've done it. She's come down a little bit more. She's she's in your canal." And so then she checked me again, and she said, Noelle, her head has gone through the smallest part of your pelvis, and you are." you're, you're good to go. Like she's through the smallest part you felt, And I think she knew that I mentally needed to see that because I just, it's the weirdest feeling, um, you know, having this large thing come through your vagina. Like I, it just, I, it's this feeling that I, you can't describe unless you actually feel it. Um, but it was terrifying because you, you're trying to push it, but at the same time you're like, is this going to work? You know, it's, it's this crazy feeling of like, I don't, is this, how is this going to happen? So, um, once she said that, I was like, okay. And she, like, checked me. She's like, "Your her head is right there. You just got to keep pushing. And so, um, you know, my husband was kind of in my face. Uh, again, I said many times, I can't do this. And they just, everybody said, yes, you can. And I do remember in my head thinking, what was I thinking? This is not worth it. Like, this is the dumbest decision ever because like, why? Um, And like next time, definitely not going natural. Like I, yeah, and that's normal. Um, I never once was like, I wish I had an epidural. I never once was like, I want the epidural. Um, You know, it it never came to that at all. And I think it's because, I don't know, I just prepared for that. And um, I think that because I was relaxing so much and had mentally, uh, Given myself a way to deal with these contractions, I never felt like I I was in a pain that I couldn't manage until I got to the pushing, um, and so so I never got to that. I never felt felt that. Um, and yeah, so during the pushing, my midwife actually said, yeah, this is where laughing gas would come in handy because you're way too much in your head. You're fighting it. And, um, you know, the laughing gas would just take that little edge off and allow you to just kind of, you know, make a little bit more progress. Um, And I was like, "Okay, great, but we don't have it. So let's just keep doing this. So she was like, "Okay, yep, you're you're pushing correctly um you know if i didn't push correctly she didn't say you know oh good great, great job she was just like yeah just you know all right let's do this again let's do this again and my doula was being great about it and she was really giving me um like information about where she was and she's like she's right there you know she's right there you just got to keep pushing um and one of the things that <laughs> i excuse me one of the things that i um eventually near the end really started to do was push four times. So when a contraction would come, I would push for five seconds, take a breath, push for five seconds, take a breath, push for five seconds, take a breath. And when you're pushing, it's sort of like um, two steps forward, one step back. And that's the body's way of protecting your tissues from being overstretched and, you know, tearing or whatever. And so... Um, we take these two steps forward but sometimes i take two steps back or i take one step forward and one step back and so really getting that fourth push in was allowed me to really start to make a little bit more significant progress um and i while i was pushing um again i'm on all fours and while i was pushing my hips started to just i started to feel so much pain And I thought it was because I was having this like, you know, my hips were hurting or whatever. Maybe they were fatigued. And so I was like, I need, I have to get, I have to get off of all fours. And they're like, okay, okay, okay. You know, you can do that. Why don't you roll over to your side? I'll hold on to your leg. So I did that, but the pain did not go away. And so every time a contraction came, I felt like my hips were on fire and I just couldn't figure out what to do about it. And being on my side was like intensely more painful. And I was like, I've got to get up again. I've got to get up again. I can't, I can't figure out what it was. Well, I figured it out, but it was actually my contractions. Um, and so like my contractions that kind of were like floating around to my back, um, and she was obviously moving down um, that my, my legs were tightening. Now, I thought my legs were going to give out underneath me. And so I had this you know big fear of like collapsing all of a sudden. And so I was trying to like lay back down all the things. But um, once I got through that, I got back on all fours, um, continued to push, continued to push. And uh, eventually my midwife said, OK, you know, I can see her. And I felt like she was out. But she wasn't, um, so it was this terrible, like, okay, where is she now? Okay, yeah, we can see a little bit of her hair. And I'm like, are you kidding? Like, I thought her head was out. Like, it just was, you know, we were kept going back and forth. Um, my husband, we had kind of toyed around with him catching her. Um, and he he intuitively and immediately was like, no, we're not doing that. Um, so he stayed up by my head. Um, and was, like, in my ear the entire time and just, like, cueing me to push and, like, helping me and cueing me to breathe and just, like, helping me get out of my mind, essentially. Um, And every time I said I can't do this, he said, yes, you can. Um, And so, you know, he he immediately was like, no, I don't, no, I'm not going to catch her. I'm going to stay right here with you until we get through this. Um, And so I, this is all a little blurry, I'm not going to lie, but, you know, kept pushing all the things. Eventually, I got to a point where, like, maybe, like, most of her head like the upper part of her head was out and my midwife said okay you know the this is the only bad thing um the nurse kept trying to monitor her while she was coming out like with the little heart rate monitor and like literally had it like was trying to push it up on me like lower like very low on my hips and i was like please get the thing off of me like i was just so Not comfortable, and we couldn't get a good reading. So my midwife said, "All right, Noel, after this contraction, I'm going to have you lay down on your on your side, and we're going to get a heart rate reading." And I was like, "I am not doing that because it was just so painful." I was like, "I am not doing that," and so I just pushed as hard as I could. Most of her head came out, and she said, "Half of her head's out." Like that was like, push as hard as could. Got about four pushes in, and the contraction stopped. And I said. can I just keep pushing? (laughs) And she's like, if you want to. And so I just kept pushing and then her whole head was out, which I thought that that was going to be relieving and it was not. Um, And so she's like, nope, you need to hold on a second. Actually, the cord was draped around her neck um, twice. So that was kind of interesting. Um, And which I do hear is sort of common. Um, It's very common for the umbilical cord to kind of just be loosely draped. But Uh, My midwife found it very interesting because, you know, I did have that external version done and the cord was just kind of went with her. Um, Anyway, so so she kind of took the cord off of her neck and then, um, you know, told me just to do a tiny little push and she came out. Now, when she came out, this was not, you know, again, watch all the wonderful, glorious birth videos. But if that doesn't happen for you, like if you don't like experience this wonderful moment where you reach down and grab your child and bring that child up to you, um, it's probably a little bit more realistic. So i had always thought like I would be able to experience it and see the process happen and like maybe even be able to kind of like see her, like grab her or whatever when she was coming out. Um, I felt like I had been run over by a truck. So I was like on all fours. And was literally like, what just happened to me? And I thought that I would immediately feel this, like, intense need to, like, hold her or, like, you know, I don't know, coddle her and ro- roll back on my back. And, like, no, I, like, could not move. And so my, hus- my husband started crying, of course, and was, like, you know, could see her. Um, but my midwife was holding her and was kind of like, okay, Noel, I have your baby. Like, after she, they you know, she came out and immediately... Screamed like screaming bloody murder. Um, and so my midwife was like, Okay, Noel, got your baby. Like, hey, let's do this. And I was like, I need a second. And so, like, I was very forceful, but I was like, I need a second. So I was like, on all fours and just like breathing. Um, and I did feel a little bit of burning. And I was like, Am I still alive? Do I still have, you know, all hands and feet? Um, am I breathing? And so, once I finally <laughs> realized that then uh i rolled over they finally gave her to me um which was great but again i still was like what just happened to me um and so it wasn't this amazing moment of like oh this is just so beautiful and i'm just such a mom and this is great it was like literally like it it, like what's going on down there you know because i I still felt burning i still felt like i had been hit by a truck. And the cord, so the placenta was still inside. Obviously, the placenta is a large organ. It's an amazing, beautiful thing that, like gives life to your child inside of you um and so that's what the umbilical cord attaches to and so once the baby is delivered the um, the placenta detaches and you deliver the placenta now this happens within typically within minutes not a big deal um but you know the cord was still attached and i was kind of like can we can we cut the cord (laughs) like i don't know this feels weird because i'm like it's pulling and uh you know all the issues that i had had with the placenta before and this woman telling me, you know, that doctor at 37 weeks telling me, you know, we're racing against a placenta abruption, which basically means your placenta is going to detach and going to kill your baby, um, which she did say, you know, you could come back with a dead baby. Thank you. Um, I didn't. Um, you know, she after, you know, having that mental thing going on with me, I just wanted to deliver the placenta and know that it was it was good um, and it was out of my body. And so my midwife is like, yep, cord's good. Stop pulsing. Nothing more to do here. I didn't realize my husband cut the cord. We got a picture of it. And apparently that happened. Um, and so then she, my midwife gave just like a little tug, came right out, felt that I was actually very relieving. I was like, oh, that felt great. Like, this is awesome. You know, like now I feel like 10 pounds lighter. Um, and so, and then, uh, I had Stella on my chest. And she immediately latched, which was really cool. Um, It's so cool to see this little thing that's like minutes old be like, where's the boob? Um, But, you know, that was a huge thing for me as I really wanted to protect my breastfeeding relationship. And I knew that, you know, my best chances of of breastfeeding her was to deliver her and be able to have her on my chest and be able to practice latching. And so um, I did have a tear, totally normal actually was not that big of a deal. It was a second degree tear. And the reason I did was because Stella came out with her hand up by her face. Thank you, sweetie. Um, and so she she was like, had it like covering her nose or something. Um, to this day, she still loves to have her hands up by her face. But so she had one hand and that's how she came out. And so that's kind of why I tore. Um, and so my midwife stitched me up, um, did a great job. And I was like, how long is this going to take? She said, 30 to 40 minutes and i said oh you've got to be kidding me and she was like nope just lay back and enjoy your baby but it got to the point where i was like "Mm, somebody take this baby from me like you know there's these needles going in and out and i was okay with it definitely it was nothing compared to what i just experienced um and they just kind of it's a little pinching and you get completely numbed and there's a certain point where she, she was working on something that was not numb and i was like hey, no, 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 like need need more numbing. And so she was like, okay. And so after like 20 minutes, I'm like, how much longer? You know, like just kind of communicating what they're like, when are we going to get this done? Um, and she was very matter of fact. And she's like, it's going to take as long as it needs to. Um, and so uh, typically in a hospital setting, they'll give you Pitocin uh, to contract your uterus so that it goes back down. And I didn't need that. So that was kind of cool. Um. And they do check your uterus to make sure that it's coming down. It's And they checked me, and they were like, hmm, something's weird. And she, my midwife was like, when's the last time you went to the bathroom? When's the last time you peed? And I was like, I can't even tell you. And she's like, why don't you go to the bathroom? So I remember kind of waddling over to the bathroom. And at this point, there was, like, an assistant, another midwife there, helping me, too. And she was, like, trying to help me. Like, basically, I was, had this, like, modified diaper on me because this baby has just come out of you, and, you're, you know, now you're bleeding. Um, and I went to the bathroom, and that was interesting um to say the (laughs) least uh (laughs) that was an interesting experience but they give you these little peri bottles that you can just spray water while you're going to the bathroom so that's what i did and waddled back and then um and so they felt my uterus and everything was fine and then um had my stitches so that was fine and then i went to basically it, it, the the cool thing about the hospital that I was at is they give you like two hours before they transfer you to just chill in your birthing suite and to be with your baby um and so that's what we did we just hung out and did skin to skin and i remember looking over to ken and being like hey do you want to do skin to skin he's like yeah and so like he Took a shirt off super quick. It was so funny. I'm like, oh, that was cute. And he took his shirt off super quick, and he held her for a while, especially while I was like, I just need a second to myself here. Um, and, and you know, the nurses checked her and weighed her, and she was around 7 pounds and 20 inches and screaming like crazy still. And... Um, put a little hat on her and so like after about two hours they're like okay so we're gonna take you up to your you know your maternity uh room which was really nice because there was two beds one for my husband one for me and then we had stella in the middle of us and they just leave the kid with you and like they don't try to give her a passy or get her to take a bottle or anything like that like their kids with you unless you say otherwise so it was really cool to just kind of like us to go to this room and to have both beds there and it wasn't pretty that night. You know, like, you bleed a lot. I passed a huge clot, which was very terrifying for me. I called the nurse immediately in the middle of the night. My husband did. She came in and she's like, hmm, that is very big. Um, but they, they help you, you know, like, you're, you're kind of a mess. And you make the bathroom a complete mess. And you're just, like, a mess. And so it's kind of nice to just leave all that there. And I passed most of the clots and, you know, most of the heavy bleeding while I stayed there for, like, two nights. And, like, got to complete like take my shower and do all the things there and um they give you you know wonderful they gave me a nice like canvas bag with things that i would need um like you know extra pads and stuff like that but um our so our experience at the hospital was just tremendous and i i think that the reason that it went the way it did was because of you know how great our hospital was um but so yeah so so big things for me is just um going into this next time and of course of course uh, if I do this again um, I would want it to be unmedicated I think it was the best experience of my life it was it was a high for a couple days which you know is very cool to be like I can't believe I just did that because while you're in the moment it's it's very intense and it's very overwhelming um, and again i feel Looking back on it, I just I feel like I didn't get to experience her coming out very very much. Um, and I talked to my midwife about that at my postpartum appointment. She said, "You know what, Noelle? That's very normal. Like I I definitely deliver babies, and I'm typically holding them for a little bit while the while mom's trying to get her bearings." Um, and I said, "But you know, you see all these like wonderful natural, uh, you know, like experiences that these women have where it's like I'm you know immediately." Drawn to help my baby out or you know, bring my baby up to me and to me I thought that that was kind of going to be my feeling about it And I just didn't feel that at all and nor did I even get to see her come out like I saw nothing um And because I was you know on all fours um and so You know, I think that that maybe my I needed to change my expectations about that a little bit um, and that's again, I think that what I experienced is much more normal than you being there full time and actually like feeling this like oh let me help my baby up you know in these like unmedicated situations that is um and so because you're just trying to figure out if you're still alive um and so yeah i kind of wish i had prepared for pushing more i wish i had known that it was going to be that painful and that intense and that i would hate my life that much um but in the end i end up pushing for like an hour and 45 minutes which was a lot um and for me i was like trying of course to get it done much quicker it did not happen but um and so yeah i think next time if i do this again you know my takeaways from it are (sighs) pushing sucks um be prepared for that and to try to do you know try to figure out a way to kind of relax and be a little bit more present during that pushing phase so if I prepare for it more mentally I think I'll be able to take it on a lot easier and I'll be able to be a lot more present um and I actually probably would have somebody there to take pictures like you know cool kind of I don't know um pictures of like her being just delivered or whatever that you see a lot on like you know Facebook or Instagram or whatever but um because I feel like, again, I missed it. Like, I didn't quite get to see it. And so I would maybe have somebody there to take a couple pictures of that happening. Um, like a professional birth photographer or something. So so that's Stella's entry. And then uh, day two we went home. And day three we went right back to the ER. <laughs> went right back to the hospital. Um, because she had dangerous levels of bilirubin. And so we spent her most of her first week of her life in hospitals unfortunately and that that's kind of another reason why i was so just sleep deprived and just like what's happening to my life um we did have to go to the er so that uh that's her story and i love it and i can't wait i mean believe me i like i just am so over the moon about the experience as a whole um i would love the opportunity to do it again. Um, (laughs) I wouldn't love the opportunity to do the newborn first few weeks again, but I would do it, you know, um, but I, you know, I actually really, really enjoyed the whole birthing experience and I was, you know, hoping maybe next time around that it goes a little bit faster and that I'm a little bit more present for pushing. I'm pretty convinced that like most of those videos where these women are like, not screaming and having these wonderful like oh my baby's here experience they're probably like their seventh kid um because by then the kids just like walk out so uh won't get to that point but um definitely not having seven uh but but i think i think hopefully you know um but i think that that that's kind of what i'll do different a little bit next time is just shift my expectations but try to be a little bit more present for the pushing so she did awesome she was great she was so, you know, amazingly healthy and wonderful, and um, and and I do, and one of the cool things my midwife did say was like, hey, you know, this is the first, like, un- completely unmedicated birth experience that this hospital's ever done in like a year, that this hospital has done in a year. I was like, well, cool! Yeah, I don't know. Well, I, I, yeah. So I think, because I, I think that most of the birth center clients that get transferred there are usually kind of stuck in a specific position and they need to have pitocin or an epidural and then they have pitocin afterwards and um so the fact that i didn't have pitocin afterwards and didn't need anything at all um was was really cool and then they even actually had they tried to have one of the doctors like it was a resident doctor and they're like are you okay with the resident doctor watching your birth and i said sure i think i they knew that i was doing it unmedicated um and so she she uh she i said sure you know of course i'd love for more people to like be able to see what it's what it's like for a woman to go through birth um, and maybe you know be encouraged that other women can do it or that you can do it or whatever um, and so she was she ended up not being there when when she came but she was there for a lot of my vocal contractions um, and just kind of observing and seeing what my midwife did and how my midwife approached it so my midwife was awesome um, I think that that one of the cool things about her was that she was so present. Um, and that is what midwives do. Um, you know, they are present. They're giving you the feedback. They're making sure you're pushing correctly. They're making sure that your baby's head is <laughs> is coming down. Um, they're making – they're not invasive, trying to constantly check where you're at. Um, she knew kind of when to check me and knew to just when not to and to let me, like, kind of do my thing and um, and never kind of – was overly trying to help me or anything, you know, unless I needed it. You know, I, she was, they, midwives do really cool work and they, they kind of, they really tune in to what the person needs that they're working with. So, um, I just, I couldn't have asked for a better experience and it was, it was awesome. So hopefully that's encouraging. Um, you know, I would do it again in a heartbeat. I, I think childbirth was easier than the last month of pregnancy. (laughs) I don't think I mentioned that, but last, the last week or two was really, really tough. I couldn't walk more than um, a couple steps without being in excruciating pain, and it just felt terrible. Um, so I remember saying that once I finally had her. I was like, I am not pregnant anymore. Um, it was great. Um, and so, of course, we ate the sushi and had lots of coffee, which now I'm not drinking um, because I'm trying to figure out how I can help her better. Uh, with her, she's had a little bit of spit up and lots of gas, so trying to stay, steer clear of the alcohol and the caffeine, which is sort of a, kind of like a joke, because, like, you do that all pregnancy, and then you're like, oh, when you have her, you can have a drink, and then I'm like, eh, but I can't, because she's fussy, and I need to to figure out why. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's, that was her entry. Sorry, that was a, that went really long. I just looked at the time. Yeah, good. Hey! <laughs> Welcome. Hey, thanks for everybody who's still here. Um, if you have any other questions, I'm more than happy to talk about it. You can, you know, I'm sure that lots of people will have questions that, you know, maybe you just want in terms of like preparing or how to deal. And uh, I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that. So you can, you can just email the podcast. We do take questions at uh, paleowindpodcasts at com, And, um, that's totally cool. And so maybe next time, maybe next episode we'll have, <clears throat> because apparently I like to talk um, and I thought we'd have, be able to have my husband on this one, but not so much. So maybe next time we'll just have a little bit of Q&A for, in, in our intro with my husband and then we'll, as like, in terms of like being a support person and then we'll answer some questions, which people are dying to get back to, I'm sure. Stephanie. Yo. Any thoughts? questions concerns no that was really great for me Thank okay you for good. you're very okay. welcome I think it's time for you to get back to bed
2: <clears throat>
0: yep <laughs> yep <laughs> okay so that was it that was Stella's story thanks for hanging on I um I I think if you can find more from me at coconuts and You can definitely find more from Stephanie at PaleoForWomen.com. You can follow us on Instagram at Paleo Women Podcast. Stay tuned for a name change coming soon. You'll be in the know, we promise. And again, questions or um, anything you want to say, you can email us at paleowomenpodcast at gmail.com. Heads up, we do get a lot of emails and a lot of questions. I don't get to respond back to um, everybody, most people, sorry, uh, especially now. And sometimes, yes, no, I'm sorry, like you're, we won't be able to get to all the questions I would love to, but we just can't. So that's a heads up. um, But... We do, we are being proactively trying to get, you know, all the questions in. And if your question relates to somebody else, then we try to like, you know, include it. So please keep sending your questions. PaleoWinPodcasts at gmail.com. We will talk to you
1: next week.